Duke can cash in as they're up. NCAA Super Regionals taking place right now. They're in Charlottesville. We heard on the weather updates, code orange. It's code orange up in Charlottesville right now as the, as the Blue Devils are taking on the Cavs. It's 5-4, top of the ninth. I'm sorry, bottom of the ninth inning. 5-4, Duke leads Virginia. Virginia down to their final out. So they have two outs, but they have two men on. And a 2-1 count to the to the batter right now. The number three hitter is up in the lineup. Uh, that is uh, Jellov. I believe yeah. that's how you pronounce the name. But nevertheless, uh, they're actually looking at this one. And oh, we actually, my. oh, wow. Okay, so we're actually watching this live. <laughs> uh, we're live reacting to it. So that's, that's Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you. Uh, Geloff, the leadoff, I'm sorry, the guy who was up at the plate for, for UVA, sent one to the outfield right to the fence. And the left fielder for Duke, Albright, makes a catch at the wall to seal the game. I'm talking robbed of a walk-off homer. Yeah, Pretty awesome. <laughs> we'll have to see the replay. I'm not sure that ball would have gotten out, but it was going to be awfully, awfully close. Wow. Yeah, so we're, we're catching a replay of that <laughs> right now. So we're, we're just live reacting like other fans and stuff are. So He thought it was gone. Yeah, the UVA guys were coming out of the dugout thinking it was a walk-off, and looks like there was a snag right there at the wall. Yeah, that might have gone over. It's oh. hard to tell from the replay, but it, nevertheless, a long out. <laughs> So congratulations to Duke. You're up one nothing in the Super Regionals on the road at Charlottesville. So Blue Devils, congratulations. You're one win away from Omaha. One win away. Game two tomorrow is at noon. You can listen to it on Buzz Sports Radio. So that game literally just ended. Yeah, tremendous, so, tremendous victory for for Duke and massive. Um, you know, Wake Forest, the number one team in the country, is is opens their Super Regional tomorrow against Alabama, also at noon in Winston and. ACC could be looking at two teams in the College World Series. I mean, certainly going to get one out of this one. Duke versus Virginia. Uh, Wake Forest, I think, heavily favored to get there as well. Well, we want the North Carolina schools to win, and I say that as someone who was born and raised in Virginia and grew up right by the grounds of UVA. I want the North Carolina schools to advance Brian Murphy. All right, so that's the big, That's one of the, our top three stories here at the top of the show here at 3 o'clock. Second one going on. Brian Murphy, you actually posted an article on WRELsportsfan.com earlier today about conference realignment. A lot of commissioners and people from across the sports world. Let me stay with Duke one, one okay, time. Okay, okay. I, I had to look this up because I thought this was true. They went 10-20 and 20 last year. Yes. In conference. In conference. They went 22-32. and 32. Uh, overall, th- this is not a team that's been like on the precipice of going to Omaha very much. Well, they've been, they have the most super regional appearances since 2018 in the ACC. So last year was like the anomaly down year. Well, they, they've, this is their third super regional since 2018. Yeah, so. which is the most, in, again, most in the ACC. But yeah, I mean, last year was a down year. It's pretty, pretty impressive. And they've been very good across sports. I mean, they've mm-hmm. been very good at a lot of different sports. Their softball team made it to the super regionals. Um, obviously, their football year football team had a great season. Mm-hmm. Basketball team just wanted to give a shout out to Duke for for what they've been able to do. All right, conference realignment is a big topic, especially with television contracts and stuff changing. We've seen Oklahoma, Texas on the move to the SEC, USC and, U- and UCLA going to the Big Ten. 
Now, apparently, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, is like, you know what? I want everyone to stay exactly where you are. We don't want anyone coming in. No one needs to go anywhere. Everything's good now, Brian Murphy. Yeah, so uh, Greg Sankey spoke at a, it was called the Future of College Sports, a little summit that they put together, mm-hmm. Future of College Athletics, a little summit that they put together in D.C. because the SEC and a lot of coaches, including Nick Saban and Brian Kelly, were up in D.C. lobbying federal lawmakers for an NIL bill. Jim Phillips was also there uh, lobbying. Uh, Bubba Cunningham, the AD at UNC, also attended this summit. And I, I watched the whole thing yesterday online. Greg Sankey's comments were just mind-blowing to me he his conference just took texas and oklahoma yeah and now he's complaining about the way that brett yormack the the commissioner of the big 12 mm-hmm. is out there openly campaigning for teams <laughs> he's saying we don't need to expand anymore we i don't understand these leagues that are trying to get coast to coast or this mass of teams uh we're fine we're not going to do that um, like it, you just took two teams from the Big Ten or Big Twelve, right? It's like I'm the king and I got what I wanted, so now the rest of you should stop doing all the things that you're doing to survive. It was, it was just fascinating. I put a lot of his comments in a story that's up now on wrlsportsfan.com, and you can read his comments. They got a lot of reaction online, mostly from Big Twelve people who are like. Hey, buddy, you just took our teams. Like, we're trying to survive here. What are you, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you, you took our two biggest <laughs> names in Texas and Oklahoma. You took our two biggest brands, and now you're going to sit there and say, why are we trying to do what you just did? Like, no, 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 no. Get that hypocrisy out of here. Uh, so, yeah, I, if he catches heat, Frank Sankey, for saying those things, absolutely you should. You should absolutely catch heat and it, for important, that kind of stuff. Important for ACC fans, and that's that's probably who we have listening to sure. us. Sure. He said, one, you know, going to 20, which, you know, a lot of people just assume eventually the SEC is going to get to 20 teams and they're going to have to take some ACC teams to do it. He said 20 causes some problems. They like to play on Saturdays in the SEC. Yeah. Where do you find 10 broadcast windows to play, to have all 20 of your teams get the spotlight that you wanted to get? It's hard to find 10 broadcast windows uh, when you're locked into ABC, uh, when you're locked into ABC and ESPN. Mm -hmm. The second thing I thought that, that he said that was interesting was, he, he was asked about myths about conference realignment. And he said one of the myths with the SEC is that we won't take a school that's in the same state as one of our other schools. Yeah. We just saw this. Thing. Obviously, they added Texas to go with Texas A&M. But a lot of people have thought, well, there's no way Clemson's getting in the SEC because South Carolina's there. And there's no way any of the Florida schools are getting in. And there's no way, you know, Louisville's getting in because of of uh, Kentucky. You know, he, he tried to downplay that. He also said it's a very difficult bar that, that schools have to reach to get invited to the SEC. I, lots and lots of interesting comments for, from Sankey. I also look at from the, the mindset of, you know what? It's already hard enough for our teams to compete in the SEC. Why would I bring in tough competition like Clemson? The, and also, if you're Clemson, why would you leave the ACC if you had the chance to go play in a much more difficult SEC? It, I'm like, your path to the college football playoff is easier in the ACC. Sure, it'll be interesting that. to see what the expanded playoff does to t- people saying, maybe I'm good where I'm at. I still think if the SEC does expand, UNC and then either Virginia or Virginia Tech are, are the are the schools to watch because I think they want to expand their territory, mm-hmm. um, add big you know, public schools. I, I think those would be a, at the top of their list. All right, third thing here real quick. At 3 o'clock, alongside Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you. The Big Rock Fishing Tournament getting underway this weekend down in Moorhead City. Uh, It is an absolutely fun event. 
it is people are like oh, it's just just a fishing tournament well that just a fishing tournament gave out nearly six million dollars in prizes last year they actually gave out 5.85 million dollars in prizes last year alone and it's a big enough deal where we also have michael jordan's yacht out there to catch 23 back out there once again competing in this event so it is a massive thing, and it's also something that is special to the state of North Carolina. Because, again, people come from all over the world, but definitely up and down the East Coast, to, co- to compete in this event. Brian Murphy, I'm not sure if you know this, but there are people that will invest in boats to like to front the money to enter in a tournament and like pay for all, like, all the whatever it is you need, gas, all that kind of stuff. So if that boat wins, they can get a cut of that, that winnings. So, yeah, it's it's a big money thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that Michael Jordan does it, I think, elevates it. Uh, you know, he elevates everything he's a part of. Sure. Um, and so, I want to see Except for the Hornets. Well, I was going to say, I was going to let Except that part. Except for him part, being in NBA. I was going to let that part lie. Except but, for the Wizards. <laughs> I, um, he has not won it. I'd like to see him win this. Yes. And I, he, he participates, right? He's actually doing the fishing. Well, he's on the boat. I mean, they they have crews and right. stuff like that. But I mean, it's his boat, and he's on the on the boat with the crew. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome and pretty remarkable seeing uh, his boat. And just I think last year the the fleet was two hundred sixty six boats that competed in this. It's it's pretty awesome. It's been going on for sixty five years. What are they catching? What's the what what is the fish that they're B- trying to catch? Blue marlin is blue the marlin. big one. Now they they do have other categories for like dolphin and tuna and some other things like that, but it blue marlin, like billfish is what you're really going no for. No sharks. No, no, no. You're not going for sharks. By the way, the record was back in twenty nineteen for largest fish caught in the big rock. Guess how big? I have no idea. Nine hundred fourteen oh pounds. Oh my gosh. Nine hundred 14 pounds. I would have I taken the under on that. I would have lost that one. Last year's winner, 572 pounds. Some big fish. Some big fish. That's Brian Murphy. Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Graham Hill producing us. Uh, Duke baseball gets win number one in their Super Regional against the UVA Cavaliers. The North Carolina House and the North Carolina Senate passed the legalization of sports gambling here in the state of North Carolina. It currently sits on the desk of Governor Roy Cooper, who has about another seven days or so, I believe, Ryan Murphy, eight days to sign it into law. Am I correct on that? Yeah, Roughly yeah, around that yeah it's up to 10 days to sign it. I think it got passed over to him yesterday, so okay. we'll, we'll see when he decides to sign that. All indications that he's given, and he's talked about it numerous times, he will sign it. So we're just waiting for the for when he does it, not if he's going to do it. Joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, State Senator Jim Perry out of the Republican uh, Republican out of the District 2, which is you know, Beaufort, Craven, Lenore County. He's the Senate Majority Whip. Joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Last year, Senator Perry, we saw sports gambling not get passed. What was the difference between this year compared to last year? Well, I, I think you, you've got a few differences. Uh, one, you've got uh, some new members, you know, and, and people come in and they bring – their life experiences with them and, and their thoughts about the world. So, you know, that was certainly part of it. I also think that the, the teams that would have been impacted um, by not having sports betting did a, a very good job of, of being active and engaged with their, uh, their government relations teams and talking with the members. You know, the, the thought of a salary cap is a very real issue. And when we have sports teams here who compete 
against teams from other parts of the country who have that, that revenue source, uh, it gives them, it, it pushes up the salary cap, right? Mm-hmm. So our sports teams have to compete against that same uh, salary cap, but if we don't give them a revenue source to help with that, all we do is shrink their margins and put them at a competitive disadvantage, which, you know, long-term, it, it makes it hard to justify being in North Carolina or in some of these smaller markets. So I think you saw a few different things collide on that, which were all good changes. Senator Perry, Brian Murphy here. I talked to you. You can't get away from me. We talk often about these gambling bills. <laughs> hey, Brian. How, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, I wanted to talk about the sports books because, you know, you mentioned the local teams and they're the ones who are going to benefit from these in-person sports books. Well, what do you envision for these sports books? And there's been a lot of talk. Philip Isley of the Centennial Authority says there could be two locations at, at PNC Arena. What do you envision, you know, in a year, in two years, and three years down the line, what these look like? Well, you know, I think it, it takes a little time to uh, to develop that concept and decide what it's going to look like for the teams. They do have the ability to have something uh, on property or within uh, close proximity. I have to look back over the legislation. I think it was we settled on somewhere around a half a mile um, from the location with a few exceptions. But, you know, when we first wrote the legislation and we were really thinking about uh, mobile um, sports betting because that's what we had been approached about and we we put this idea of a place of public accommodation in there you know as we thought through it it just it didn't make any sense because all it was was a restaurant Mm -hmm. that had internet and you know how do you really uh, take advantage of that and monetize it if you were a team uh and I'll, i'll use the hurricanes as an example this is a very small market uh, the what they can sell tickets for uh, is much lower than what they can sell tickets for in other areas. And, you know, there's a location out there that sits largely unused. So having the ability to uh, monetize the existing physical plant um, is, is certainly uh, advantageous. You wouldn't have to spend a lot of money to do that. And you, you, you plug fans into the experience. There are people that, uh, you know, bet on sports at, at different times, and I think getting them out in, in that area or out to the arena and keeping them plugged into their teams is very, very valuable. You know, it's another another revenue source. Well, we've talked a lot about sports gambling, and, and I, I'll, I'll ask you, do you know when the governor's going to sign this? You've been invited to any kind of signing ceremony? Um, well, not, not to – get in front of uh, my colleagues or the governor, but I, I do anticipate a, a signing ceremony uh, the middle of next week. Okay. Nice. Great. Of course, the, the North Carolina GOP convention happening this week in Greenville, so maybe the governor's going to wait till that's over and you guys are all back in Raleigh. I, I wanted to, We've talked a lot about sports gambling. Casinos are another thing that's gotten some traction down at the at the legislature, and I, I wondered if you had any update on that. There's There's certainly been talk of – you know, okaying maybe three or four of these entertainment districts, possibly in in parts of the state that are, are struggling economically or haven't had the growth and development that that maybe we in Wake Wake County have have enjoyed. Uh, your thoughts on, on casinos, and is that something we might see this session, or will that have to wait until the future? So I'll say that casinos are are not a new conversation. You know, and, and looking back in history and reading in the '90s, the uproar it caused when the the Cherokee. Um, we're going to have a casino in the western part of the state. The, the world was coming to an end. And, you know, I have been up there, and I've seen what they've used that money for in their community to build schools and hospitals and 
you know, each tribe member gets a, a stipend. I mean, it, it's it's just amazing the economic impact that it's had. And no, we haven't had an influx of uh, uh, organized crime moving into the area, as many had predicted. So, you know, over the years, we've talked about a casino uh, down east. I've, I've read about it for at least 15 years. And uh, I've had conversations in the last 10 just with uh, – with folks as the Catawba effort was going on up on, uh, you know, up in a, in a different part of the state. So uh, I am certainly open to having that discussion. Anyone who can bring me 1,500 to 2,500 jobs in Eastern North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, don't assume I'm closed-minded. Come talk to me because we <laughs> need something. You know, we, we need something in that part of the state. And uh, I, I'm not foolish enough to think that, we can continue with population losses and and no jobs for our people. So I would welcome the discussion. The economic impact is not just about gambling revenue. It is the ad valorem tax base that it would bring to a county. It is the jobs. Uh, it is the, you know, the M1, M2, the money supply circulating the economy. Uh, we, we've got to be realistic about where our opportunities are and capitalize on them. And uh, I hope those discussions continue as to whether or not um, that is something that could be accomplished this session. I'm not going to speculate. I will just say um, I would actually be hopeful mm-hmm. if um, if we had that, that opportunity for that type of, of economic impact on the state of North Carolina. Uh, I understand the math, and I'm, I'm willing to listen to it, and I'm hopeful. North Carolina State Senator Jim Perry joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline alongside Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you. My final question when it comes to the sports gambling bill, we saw last year that multitude of schools, state universities, were going to be receiving funds from money generated from sports gambling. We saw the addition of App State, UNC Charlotte, and East Carolina to the bill that was passed by you all in the Senate as well as the House and currently sits on Roy Cooper's desk to get passed. Uh, why the addition of App State, UNC Charlotte, and East Carolina to the bill? Well, you know, sometimes things are a lot more simple than, than people believe them mm-hmm. to be. And uh, we had some members, and I was among them, that wanted East Carolina added. They certainly had their um, their difficulties in their athletic programs, and you know they're in the east. That's that's, that's your area, <laughs> the state that I, I represent. Mm-hmm. And, and to in order to do that, um, you know, Representative Singh is a, a UNC Charlotte guy. That's his school. He worked hard on it. He wanted to see his school added. That only left uh, out state, outside of, of state in Carolina. And I, I'm I graduated from both of those schools. So I tend to be partial to them, but let, let's be honest, their athletic programs do a little better than the others. So, you know, it was just a negotiation at the end, and uh, we did what we thought was was right. Fair point. Let, let me switch gears on you just a little bit. Um, you mentioned NC State and North Carolina. We talked a little bit about conference realignment earlier today. Um, someday there may come a time where the ACC mm. doesn't exist anymore or, or schools are looking to get out of the ACC. Certainly I know both of those schools have powerful alums. Do you think there's a, a, any chance that those schools would be allowed to to leave the ACC and go their own separate ways, even if it meant you know one of them gets to the SEC and, and the other one doesn't? Oh, man, you're giving me a trap question. <laughs> uh, but I, I will answer it. No. No. I do not. 
So if, no. if Carolina got invited to the SEC and NC State was going to be relegated to a, a diminished ACC, you don't think they'd be allowed to go? I, I do not. All right. It's just one idiot's opinion. No, no, one powerful idiot's opinion. <laughs> hey, there's the answer right there. That's North Carolina Senator Jim Perry. Senator Perry, thanks so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. I know, again, you're from down east. Hopefully you go enjoy the Big Rock while you get a chance. I am at the beach right now. There so it I is. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, that's, Senator. That's Senator Jim Perry, the majority, the Senate Majority Whip, again, District 2, covering Beaufort, Craven, Lenore County. Uh, is again, the Republican uh, Senate Majority Whip joining us here on the Keith Strada Auto Group Hotline. That's a very interesting question that you brought up there, uh, Brian, about realignment. That kind of stuff does matter because I, mean, I know I know in the state of Virginia, wherever UVA go, goes, Virginia Tech has to go too. So like this is where politics and sports actually do cross. Oh, po- politics are going to play a huge role in conference realignment moving forward.